So your meditation path, I know we've talked about it the first time we spoke, but I feel like perspectives sure, of our path are always yeah. changing. Yeah. And our community is, whether they are regular meditators or mm-hmm. they're curious about meditation, would love to know your how you met meditation. Sure. And I was talking to Sarah before this and she was saying, you guys did a 45-day Yes. Recently, Mm, I would love to talk about that, but we'd love to talk about just how you met meditation. Sure, yeah. So it was interesting. Meditation kind of came to us. It was the summer of 2012 for me when I did my first course. But that happened a year after I hit my rock bottom. So like my rock bottom point was the summer of 2011. And um, that's when, you know, one night I just did like way too many different drugs Felt like I was dying, you know, literally felt like I was having a heart attack. I spoke to a doctor later and she was like, yeah, it sounds like you had a mild heart attack. Wow. So could have lost my life that night. But that night I realized that what had gotten me to that point was that I had been lying to myself. I had been lying to myself about how like rough I was feeling inside, how much anxiety I was feeling, how much sadness. And I would try to run away from that by just like, filling myself with pleasure by going to parties, by drinking, by doing different drugs, by constantly stimulating myself in some manner or another. But when I realized that what had gotten me to that point was lying to myself, I was like, maybe if I tell myself the truth, I can pull myself out of this mess. Um, So I spent like a whole year just really practicing, I guess, like my own version of radical honesty, where I'm just like really just being super truthful Um, with what's happening inside of me to myself, not necessarily to other people, but just like that first step, just like Mm -hmm. what is happening. And instead of immediately like trying to smoke or trying to call, you know, trying to just distract myself from some manner, I would just sit there. You know, I wasn't even meditating. I would just sit there and just feel what I was feeling. And it had a lot of results. But in some ways it feels like uh a year later, that kind of, I don't know, in some way got me ready to do that first silent 10-day meditation yeah. course because it took that that sense of presence to like a whole nother level because you're just, you know, it's totally silent. You're there for 10 days. You are not communicating with anyone else. You don't have your cell phone. You're not like emailing with, you're, you know, you're totally disconnected from the outside world. And it's just you and yourself and mm. your emotional history. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was incredibly, incredibly difficult, but to this day, it still is like my primary and really my only tool. Like that's the the only thing that I use for my personal growth. And it has just provided tremendous results for me personally. Can you describe the power and the practice of the 10-day sure yeah meditation so the 10-day course when you go in the first three days you practice uh what's called anapana Mm -hmm. and that's um sort of a concentration practice that helps calm and concentrate the mind where you're aware of the uh, the natural breath. And it's quite difficult. Like you are breathing all the time, but we're never really aware of the breath moving in and moving out. Sure. So when you start practicing that, it shows you how unfocused your mind is. Like it's, you know, you may focus for like one breath and then already it's thinking about the future or it's <laughs> thinking about the past. And then after those three days, after the mind settles down a little bit, um, you start uh, observing the body. You start observing the the truth that's happening within the framework of the body. And that truth sort of immediately reveals itself as impermanence, right? Like everything's changing, fluctuating, whether it's like a really intense pain, there are intensities in that pain, whether yeah. it's like some tingling or vibrating, there's some motion there. So you see the truth of change and that truth of change is what allows a lot of that unbinding of that old conditioning mm-hmm. in the mind and 
sort of creates that um, that feeling of liberation. Yeah, the the sitting with your emotional history is a uh, when you say it, I'm kind of like, whoa, what would come up? Yeah. What did it feel like? I suppose sensationally, like did it feel like waves or was it? How, how did you kind of? Are you supposed to process it in the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you don't want to give too much meaning to any particular feeling because mm-hmm. a lot of it is just like you know you're just understanding the law of impermanence primarily. But then at other times you do know that there's just a lot of hard stuff that people have gone through, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I remember for me particularly when I first when I did that first course, the sensations were rather like rough, like it felt really physically painful. And it wasn't just the pain of like sitting there for long hours and meditating. Like I would feel like just like thick pains like emerging from my back. It almost felt like wow. steel beams like coming out of my back. No I remember way. thinking that specifically. You're like, um, I hope this is something that doesn't need to be. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I hope I'm okay. But like I was okay. It was just like yeah. so much stuff from the past that had been wow. Just Lodged. accumulated yeah. over time. That's what that's what people don't quite realize that mm. every time that you react, whether it's like light or very dense reaction, it gets accumulated in the subconscious of the mind. It stays there and it'll affect how you see the present and how you react when different situations occur. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The body's intelligence has been something that I've been working with related to my intuition because I yeah. found that I will feel intense sensations in my body connected to moments of like high emotion or intense emotion. And sometimes it's mine, sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like a message trying to come through. Um, But the body is just incredible. It's like this little... Radar or like a like, like a, a little yeah it's like yeah. a little where there's information coming in. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with your body like? The evolution of your relationship with your body been like? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's been a uh, an evolutionary arc of just acceptance. Yeah, right. Because there's this constant thing that, especially, I imagine that a lot of Westerners in particular have because we're constantly fed images of beauty. I'm sure that's a problem yeah. all around the world. Yeah. But um, just like accepting where I'm at and just mm-hmm. loving where I'm at yeah. without being like, okay, I need to get here or I need to get there. And a lot of that has been built through the meditation practice and has helped me sort of hone my relationship with my intuition in particular. Um, because for me, per, I mean, you know, intuition just works really different for different people. Like a few things that I've learned is that two things in particular. One, your intuition if you're really going to follow it, it will ask you to step outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like it's meant for you to grow. And the second part is that it won't ask you to do anything that will hurt you. Mm -hmm. Like it it may ask you to do things that are, you know, challenge you, may like scare you a little bit. If it's like, you know, you need to move to this new city or you need to like leave this job for this other one or things like that that feel daunting. But it's not going to ask you to do anything that will hurt you. But to me, it feels like a very sort of like, continuous calm signal that is very different from the cravings of the mind because the mind's like I want ice cream like I want to I want to watch more of this TV show or I you know but it's um you can tell that these are sort of the sounds that reactions mm-hmm. make as opposed to the body just like continuously delivering this one particular message like I remember the moment when Sarah and I 
decided that we were kind of like over. We used to live in Boston before we lived in New York City for seven years. But I just kept feeling, I was like, now's the time. Like, it's time to go to New York City. You know, I thought it was the time before, but it wasn't quite yet. But this moment in particular felt different. And when I checked in with her, she felt like, yeah, it's time to do something really different. And when we listened to what was coming in through us, we felt like we went to New York and New York almost received us with open arms. You know, we quickly found a room in our friends, um, the apartment that he had. And then we were able to find our own apartment like a month later. Sarah found a job really quickly that she loved. And and then I got the, you know, like sort of like the next step of that, which was like, you know that it's time to write, but now you actually need to start writing. And that's when mm. I like started the Young Pueblo stuff. Wow. Yeah. In a partnership, do you find that someone's intuition is leading at different times or is it? Yeah, I think we take turns. Yeah. Yeah, we take turns. Like, um, I think it's uh, like a big practice in our relationship is just sharing leadership, mm-hmm. you know, because we, yeah. and like, we know our strengths, right? Like, I tend to lean towards the bigger picture and can like sort of see the arc of like, sort of like the big moves that we've made, like going from Boston to New York or from New York to Western Massachusetts. That was like my intuition coming in. But Sarah is more so like she can deal with like what's happening right now in a Mm -hmm. way where she's like, we need to get like these things done. And like, these are things I'm going to do. These are the things you're going to do. And I'm like, okay, boss, got it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the sharing of leadership is so powerful and it just builds that trust. Mm -hmm. And it feels good to trust the other person to lead. Yeah, because it's know? it life is immensely complicated and you can't always be on. Yeah. You have to be able to lean on someone, whether yes. that's an intimate partner or friends or a family group. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.